know, unfortunately, being a psychologist, bullying is something that I talk about every day. So whether that is bully victims opening up to me about their experience or even bullies themselves that kind of give us context about maybe things that are going on at home and the way that manifests in the way that they treat others. So, again, unfortunately, part of something that I talk about every single day. Um, I think another added level is cyberbullying, right? Um, For those of us that are just on social media, um, I think a lot of the tools that the kids use, we're not even familiar with. And so that makes it an evolving, difficult problem to chase and address. Yeah, that bullying now has almost become 24-7 with the advent of the electronics and the technology. Uh, Katrina, let me ask you this. When we talk about bullying, obviously it starts inside the mind of the bully and then it goes into the victim who is being bullied where through your research through your studies can you draw the center on how this bully is formed and grows yeah i think about an old quote that's often said that i often hurt people hurt And so when I get to know bullies, often they don't even know that they're bullying because maybe they're just kind of repeating things that they're seeing in their home context, right? Sometimes kids um, that bully have experienced trauma, and I believe that often kids uh, communicate in the way that they know how. So they might not yet have the words or have the relationship to talk to a safe teacher or a counselor or the principal about what they're seeing and what they're going through. And so it shows up as behavior and it shows up as behavior towards others. Um, other times they might not have a trauma history, right? But they might be mimicking behavior that they're seeing on social media or others. Um, and so, again, it can be very, very hard to figure out what the origin of bullying is. Um, Often when you look at research, those that are bullies are chronic bullies, right? So they might start young and continue some bullying behavior into adulthood. And unfortunately, a lot of times bully victims are also chronic. And so those kids can be bullied at a young age and then continue to be bullied as adults. And so the best research we have is actually something called bystander training. That we are looking for those kids that are witnessing the bullying and giving them the skills to tell teachers and parents what they're seeing. So really not the bully victim and not the bully aggressor, but the kids that might be seeing this bullying on social media or in the hallways. With us is Dr. Katrina Hermitshead from Akron Children's Hospital. Katrina, let me ask you this. Sometimes parents are part of the bullying problem, but sometimes they are not. And let's talk to those parents that are not. Are there some signs that maybe they should jump in and take care of this issue if their child is becoming a bully or maybe you notice some changes in them and they're a victim of bullying? Yeah, so a a lot of the changes that I might be looking for in my child if I'm concerned about them being a victim of bullying would be social withdrawal, right? Suddenly they don't want to go meet their friends at the mall or they don't want to hang out with their friends after school. I would also look for something called anhedonia. And anhedonia is we used to like to do things that we don't like to do anymore. So suddenly, you know, we don't want to go to the basketball game. We don't want to um, play video games with our friends. Or just school avoidance. You know, we're coming after coming um, off a holiday break. Suddenly your child does not want to go back to school. So those are some of those signs that I would probably start asking what's going on. And whether your child is a bully victim or a bully aggressor, Kind of creating a safe space for your kids to talk about school is really important. So not even on the days where they're being bullied, right? Just asking them every day, what happened? What was something funny that you saw today? Tell me about your friends. Kind of establishing that safe space for your kid so that when big problems come up, you already have that kind of relationship 
your child to talk to them. Katrina, let me ask you this. The easy thing for a parent to do, I'm a parent of four, is if you, you think your child's being bullied, you say, hey, go go tell them to stop that and you know be aggressive. Or if you think that your child is being a bully, you just say, hey, stop doing that. But uh, that's elementary, right? Uh, what are some things that maybe a parent can do to step in and maybe try to help before we get some professional help? Yeah, this is such a tough thing because I think for all of us, our mama bear and our papa bear want to show up when yeah. we hear that our kid has been victimized by bullying. And so it's very tempting, I think, as a parent to say, why don't you just go in there and pop them in the face in the yeah. cafeteria? <laughs> um, but, you know, unfortunately, a lot of schools have some zero tolerance policies around that. And I've actually seen bully victims get in big trouble when they kind of take their responses literally into their own hands. Um, and so, again, I would recommend establishing a, establishing a safe person at school, you know, whether that's the school counselor, their favorite cafeteria lady, their teacher from last year, and talking to that person, right? That, that professional is going to help that child navigate that social landscape and maybe be boots in the ground and eyes in the hallway that we can't be. But I really um, understand why parents, that wants to be their initial reaction is to really jump in there. With us is Dr. Katrina Hermitet from Akron Children's Hospital, pediatric psychologist. So let's go to the long-term effects of bullying if we do, don't do some sort of step in and help these children. Research tells you what? Well, long-term chronic bullying can result in anxiety, can result in depression, can result in school avoidance, right? So these Students are often doing the bare minimum. They're going to school and quickly coming home because unstructured experiences at school can be really, really terrifying. And then obviously, you know, the the most um, critical aspect of bullying would be suicidal ideation or, you know, suicide attempts. So this is something that's really a public health issue that we need to take very seriously in our schools and we need to take very, very seriously as parents because it can really affect a child's long-term success, even into adulthood. And we've seen a lot of cases, haven't we, Dr. Hermitet, with, with violence and, and the use of guns and such. We've seen many times when we talk about all the school shootings we've talked about in the last 30 years, a lot of them come back to that that student was bullied in the school grounds. That's right. And I know that schools are taking this very, very seriously by creating cultures that make it okay to tell, Right that make it safe, right, and have specific professionals in the school that handle this effectively and responsibly. I think schools, too, are also doing the best that they can, um, looking at evolving social media platforms so we can stay on top of that. Right, A lot of these students that we're working with, they're no longer on Facebook. They're on social media platforms that we don't even know, right? And sometimes even their proof of bullying can, can kind of disappear into the technological ether. So it's very, very hard to track. So, again, making schools a very, very safe place for students to tell and not feel like they're being penalized by telling. Yeah, like Dr. Hermit had said a few minutes ago, when you talk about the social media and the 24-7 with the electronics, bullying is now even at a different level than it was 20, 25 years ago. I want to go back to something you mentioned, Katrina, and that's that bystander issue on how to get involved. Talk about those teachings. Yeah, so the uh, bystander training actually came from this original psychological study um, of it's called Chitty Genovese. And so it was about how a very violent act could have been stopped if the people that saw the act told. And they were able to use that research and apply it to bullying, right? So a bystander is someone that witnesses an interaction, and has the ability to tell. And so that's where the really good bullying research is coming out of. So, again, not the victims, 
not the aggressors, but the people that might be seeing this as social media posts, the people that might be hearing these rumors in the hallway. So giving them the skill set to tell and maybe even giving them the ability to anonymously tell if they're experiencing bullying or witnessing bullying. And this is a particularly effective tool for what's happening social media 24-7 because those are the true kind of technological bystanders. They're watching these maybe events occur at midnight, and it really is their responsibility, and we have to give them the skill set to tell the school staff and to tell the school team what's going on after school hours. Dr. Hermitet, to wrap up our conversation, come full circle, one last thing. What uh, type of advice would you talk to with all the parents, grandparents, guardians listening to us this morning? I would say the most important thing when we talk about bullying is creating a safe space for your kid, right? So giving them the ability to talk to you daily about what they're seeing at school, whether they're a victim, the bully themselves, or a bystander. So just making it part of your practice as a parent to inquire what's going on at school and having your kids go beyond good. So don't just say, you know, how school, good, okay, let's go make dinner. Really, uh, you know, allowing them to talk about what's going on so that when a big event like bullying happen, that space is already established.